Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Brian Taylor. Thanks for being on the show, Brian. Hey, happy to be here, Whitney. Yeah, I'm pleased to have you on the show. And we connected at a conference over a year ago or so now. And yeah, I've got together a time or two and pleasure to have you on the show. Brian is the director at a management consulting firm by day and investing plus real estate nerd by night. And he wrote that, not me. (laughs) His love for investing can be traced back to his strong belief in value investing instilled by studying the life of Warren Buffett. The principles learned from value investing opened his eyes to the power of multifamily real estate investing. Over the last two years, Brian has invested in various multifamily deals as a limited partner, helped raise capital as a general partner, and is currently leading, sponsoring an 80-unit syndication in South Carolina. He's focused on capital raising because of his passion for private deals that provide value-add, long-term durability, and wanting his network to learn and participate in these private syndication deals. So, Brian, thanks again for your time and just sharing your expertise and knowledge with us today and the listeners. Give them a little more about who you are, and let's go into really how you got into this business and just your focus. Yeah, sure. Happy to, Whitney. I'm excited to be here. So as you mentioned in my bio, I'm kind of one of these guys who's got not only a day job, but also a passion for you know, real estate sort of on the side nights and weekends, that type of thing. So I'm doing that balancing act at the moment, still holding my full-time job. But, you know, as I've learned more and more about the real estate investing world and the syndication world, it's piqued my interest and it has taken up a lot of my sort of free time on nights and weekends to study it, learn more about it, network, and actually start to put some of my own personal money into some of these deals, as well as help some folks that I've gotten to know uh, raise capital. So that's kind of where I am today. In terms of my journey, you know, you mentioned in my again in my bio sort of this, you know, passion for value investing. And if I were to rewind about a decade or so, I've always had a passion for investing, learning about Warren Buffett and other folks that that share sort of a similar investing track record. And it was from those learnings, just learning about sort of long-term focused investments, thinking about how to identify businesses that have a durable competitive advantage, and then really just holding them for long periods of time. It's funny how that translates quite nicely into the real estate world, especially in this sort of multifamily value-add world. So it's really been a fun exercise over the past couple of years to take a lot of those learnings, a lot of that knowledge that I've compounded over a decade, and start to apply them to the real estate world, because a lot of it does transfer, obviously. And it's fun to get to know, you know, the private markets, if you will. A lot of things that you don't turn into CNBC and see the ticker symbol for your apartment complex every day, right? It's one of those things that's a little bit private in nature. And a lot of folks don't always understand the power of these types of investments. So it's been fun to do that. And as you mentioned, lastly, the area that I've been focused more so on, because it's found sort of a natural fit with my abilities and my passions is, is the capital raising aspect of these syndication deals, which obviously is a very important aspect of putting a deal together. And I love it because I, I love to talk about deals. I love to talk to new investors where you know this is something that's brand new potentially to their broader portfolio and helping them 
educate them, helping them, them get access to these deals is a tremendous fun aspects of this career. What was uh, something that, that stood out to you as far as helping you educate yourself the best? What was, you know, the best way you educated yourself when you were getting started to learn this business, learn, you know, just how to have those conversations with investors so you're educated? Yeah, I would say it's two things. One is talk to as many people as you can. This world of real estate investing is the folks that are in it are very open to having conversations, to teaching others. I think in general, there's an abundance mindset in the real estate world that, you know, just because we bring in one more person into this world doesn't mean the competition goes up, right? There's so many opportunities out there that you know, people love to share information. So I'd say number one, talk to people. And then number two, try to get the details of a lot of different deals. And so by that, I mean, when you, you know, you can get on a lot of distribution lists from the various syndicators who will send you deals when they have new deals under contract. And so read through those OMs, get to know them, send back feedback, send back questions. And then if some of the syndicators are willing, I even ask for the, the detailed financial modeling behind it. Some of that can be proprietary. A lot of folks a lot of keep that close to their chest, but that's how you really get to learn the language. You get to learn the, the numbers behind the deals. You get to understand the business plan that they attempt to put forth with that particular deal. And so the more of those you read, the better off you're going to be. It's similar to, again, going back to this value investing education, the mirror of that would be reading 10Ks, right? The annual reports that companies put out. The more of those you read, the more educated you're going to be. Well, in this world, you got to read OMs. You got to read the details of the deals that are coming across your plate. Because again, that's going to teach you the language. It's going to teach you the, the business plan. You're going to get to understand what makes it a deal unique and what makes a deal good and sometimes not so good. I like that a lot. And I don't know that I've heard that mentioned on the show before as far as everybody says, educate yourself first. You know, a lot of people mention that, but, you know, and I'll say, well, you know, how did you educate yourself? Or is there a book or is there something? But I really like that you mentioned, you know, connect with as many operators as you can. And, you know, even as a limited partner, or as a passive, I mean, they're going to put you on their list, most likely, you know, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you get their emails and you can see the deals they're working on and you can follow up with questions. I really liked, you know, you said, send them questions, ask for more details, ask about the business plan. You're going to learn a lot just by doing that. Yeah. Especially if they're in the same market you're looking in. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't want to forget, you also need to add value, right? You can't always be that person who's asking for things, asking for things. And of course, if you're not really going to be an investor and you're always sending them questions, you know, you might kind of get annoying a little bit over, over time. So you got to sort of have that balancing act of, you know, you want to learn, but you also want to provide value to them in some form or fashion. No, great point. Great point. Yeah, I guess they'd finally block you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, yeah. So, you know, so you have focused on capital raising and a lot of people will, you know, are trying to figure that out, right? What part of this industry do I want to focus on? You know, what skills do I have that are going to be best suited for what? So I can do this the fastest. Everybody wants to get to the finish line as fast as possible, right? And we find we never really get there, but we keep moving forward. And so, you know, you mentioned having some abilities that helped you to know that capital raising was best for you. And could you elaborate on maybe what those abilities were and help the listener as well that, you know, is trying to think through that? Sure. Yeah, great question. So I would probably answer that two ways. One is I enjoy talking about investing. You mentioned in my bio, I'm a self-proclaimed kind of investing in real estate nerd. So getting into the details and learning about different deals, learning about the real estate world is just something I'm naturally inclined to do. 
And so as an extension of that, teaching others and talking to others about potential deals and potential real estate offerings, I just enjoy it. And obviously as a capital raiser, you have to be comfortable with talking to people about deals, but then also, you know, frankly, asking for money, which is um, sometimes an awkward situation. But having that comfort level with, you know, having that passion behind what you're talking about, you know, translates very, very nicely. And then second of all, so I mentioned, I, I still have a day job as a management consultant. In that day job, you know, I interact with sometimes C-level executives on a pretty regular basis. And so there's a certain level of sort of sophistication when you're talking to executives in the business world. And so I'm just having that sort of conversation style and understanding how people at certain levels within, you know, businesses operate, how they think, what's important to them. You know, I wouldn't say all of that translates, but a decent amount of that does translate into, you know, when you're talking to folks who are potentially going to invest, most likely they are accredited, well often investors. And so they maybe think a certain way, certain things are important to them. And so I think I've picked up a few things here and there with just those interactions that has helped me through those conversations. Nice. So, you know, I guess lead us down the road of being a, a successful capital raiser you know, like yourself, or maybe some things that have helped you to develop that skill, you recognize that, okay, some of these skills that you that you have from your day job are just some of the interests that you already had, you know, have helped groom you really to be better at this specific skill in this business. And so, you know, what are some other ways that's helped you to be, or, you know, things that have helped you be successful and really grow in that to get to where you're at now? Yeah, absolutely. So if you think about just capital raising in general, what are the important things? One is you got to have a network, right? You have to have a solid network of folks that know who you are, that you've had conversations with, maybe your old college buddies, maybe they're friends of friends, maybe they're family members, you know, whatever that network is, you've got to have that sort of in your back pocket because that's going to be the folks that you reach out to. So, you know, from your career, from your education and so forth, just sort of collecting that network, but also you have to build some level or of trust with your network, right? And that comes from, at least in my belief, that comes from two things. One is just keeping in touch with them. I think people who are more regularly in contact with you, you just have a natural inclination for sort of higher levels of trust, right? Because you, you're keeping tabs on them, you're understanding what's happening in their life and their career and so forth. So whether it's you know, a text message here and there, whether it's an email here and there, whether it's, hey, let's meet up for coffee, if that makes sense. I think those sort of regular contacts help provide some of that trust. But then also, and this is really most important, is you got to deliver, right? And so talking about your wins when it comes to deals that have closed or deals that are performing per the performa that you talk to them about, or even deals that have gone full cycle that have gone through some sort of refinance or exit, Really, really talking about those and being, you know, excited about them builds a certain level of trust that, hey, these things actually do work out in your favor if you're willing to stick around in the a long-term investor perspective. Is that kind of what you're asking? Is that helpful? Yes. No, it's good. These are ways that you have built some track record. You've built credibility with your investors and you're staying in touch with them and you're talking to them about your wins. So they, they're constantly hearing from you and they're hearing how these deals are doing and you're building that trust, whether even if it's through an email and they don't respond, you know, they're still seeing that success. And, but tell me, you know, how do you keep in track with your investors and maybe how often and, and how do you do that? 
to some extent, I'm fairly informal with it. I think, you know, if I were to, and I've learned from a few other capital raisers, there's lots of different ways to do this, right? Some are a little bit more formal. They have these sort of scheduled almost updates of, you know, here's what's happening this month or this quarter, that type of thing. I would say that I've gotten to that level. I tend to personalize a lot of my interactions. So I know for John Doe, one of my potential investors, you know, because of our previous relationship and some other, you know, form or fashion, we're more on the text message. So I'll send him a text message here and there just to kind of keep them updated of, of certain things. While I know that I've got another maybe set of investors that are more focused on, hey, just send me a couple of emails here and there of potential deals that you have in the pipeline or, you know, update on some existing deals that maybe they had passed on. Maybe they just want to know, hey, I know I passed on this deal, but, you know, send me some updates because I'm just interested to learn how these things progress. So I sort of do it my own way. I know there's a lots of different, more formalized, structured ways to do this, and maybe I'll get there eventually. But, you know, I kind of like to keep it informal. But as long as I am being intentional about reaching out to folks, whether that be through different mediums and different avenues, you know, that's the most important is that you are reaching out. Nice. What kind of schedule do you have? And I, I liked how you said you, you know, you're going to personalize the interactions as much as possible. And, and you'll, you remember, you know, okay, maybe this person would rather text or that's how maybe they would rather respond. That's great. Like, you know, that detail about your investors, that's really good. But is there like a, a way that you track how often or do you use a specific CRM or anything like that? No, I'm a little bit old school right now. I, I have an Excel document that I keep updated. Actually, it's a Google Sheets document so that it, it's always maintained. I use some of those tools in my day job, like a CRM tool, and I'm very familiar with them. I know that they are a really powerful thing to use. I think as my network grows and I have you know more and more deals that I'm helping to raise capital for, hopefully, I think I'll probably get to that point. But now I think having that Excel document where I'm having to maintain it, having to get my hands dirty and making sure that I'm touching base with everyone just helps it keep a top of mind for me. So I admit I'm a little bit old school when it comes to how I maintain that, but whatever works for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, as long right. as it works. Done is better than perfect, but it may be perfect for you. So, you know, as far as taking care of investors, maybe give us something you do to stand out amongst other capital raisers or to work with investors or to really, I don't know, go a little the extra mile. Yeah. And I mentioned this just briefly before, I actually think this is kind of a powerful thing is to kind of tell the story of deals that maybe you introduced to them that maybe they passed on. And they may tell you, yeah, I passed on it, so don't send me any updates and that's fine. But I really think it's important for these investors, especially if they're somewhat new to real estate, is to really understand how these things work over the course of several years and certainly over the course of a full life cycle. And so you know, take advantage of that. If you're, you've raised capital for a deal or you're personally involved with a deal and you're getting updates from the operator in terms of how things are performing operationally and financially and things like that, take that information, summarize it into some bullet points that's easily digestible and send that out to some of the investors and say, hey, I know this is a deal that we talked to about, but I just want to let you know, here's how things are going. So I think when people are able to see it, again, we're, we operate in the private markets. There's no ticker symbol. There's no CNBC that tells you what's happening with these deals. You have to be sort of that intermediary that summarizes it and showcases, here's the power. A good friend of mine in this real estate world that you know, sent me a long email saying, here's an example of the power of, of real estate investing. And it was because 
one of his deals, they had done a refinance and they sent back 40% of the original investor's capital while still maintaining ownership of the property at, at the same levels. And he just sent it out to whole, his whole network saying, here's a deal I was involved with. Look, they already returned 40% within 40% of my original capital within two years. Plus, we're going to maintain ownership and get our you know preferred dividends going forward. And that is always, and that was several years ago, that's always stuck with me as, wow, that's a very powerful thing with these types of deals. And so I wasn't involved in that, but it really got me excited about the next deal or you know learning more about this syndication world. Yeah. So what about working with operators? How do you choose the operator that, you know, obviously, you know, you're coming in on that deal on the general partnership side as well, and you're having other roles or, you know, even investor relations. How do you choose who you want to work with? I know a lot of people get into this industry by doing exactly what you're doing. And some people choose to, I mean, really grow that business and be really good at it. And while others, like we've said, you know, have other abilities to choose to do something else. But how do you pick the operator you want to work with? Yeah, that's a really great question. I actually, I reflected on that recently and I kind of went back to all the deals that I've been part of or that I've invested in or that I've raised capital for. And I asked that same question to me, how did I get to know these people? How did I get, you know, sort of that level of trust with them? And I found that the common thread amongst all of that was someone had introduced me to them. And that's such a powerful thing in this world is, Honestly, I don't go actively seek out operators. I, I meet them at conferences. I see them on bigger pockets or other avenues and things like that. But it's really those introductions of people that are in my network that say, hey, so-and-so operator, they've got some deals coming up in the pipeline. They're a very you know, interesting group. They've been delivering for me. And that also helps because maybe they've provided an introduction of me to the operator, which really helps facilitate some of that. So that's, honestly, that's been the number one thing. It's just building a reputation in this area so that people will actually make introductions on your behalf um, to the right people. And then, of course, just following up on those introductions and, you know, forming a relationship from there. Nice. And what about managing this business while also working full time? You know, how do you keep all that going? Uh, it's not easy. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, I know that I look up to you because of the, the amount of effort and time that you put into things. You just got to make it work. Luckily, this is the type of business that, you know, from an investor perspective, you may get phone calls and emails from time to time, you know, during the day, and you may have to divert some time to focus on that. But a lot of it can be accomplished in the evenings and the weekends, that type of thing. Because a lot of it is studying deals. A lot of it is writing emails. A lot of it's just following up with certain folks. And so sometimes there is a, I always talk about it from a nine to five perspective. There's some things that come up from nine to five. But often you are in control of the time and the things that you need to put into this type of business. And so that can certainly be accomplished, you know, nights and weekends and that type of thing. So it's not easy in terms of having a full-time job and then trying to build this on the side. But if you've got the passion and you see the result of it, it sort of comes naturally. And what's been the hardest part of this syndication journey or process for you, Brian? I would say if I were to talk about just capital raising specifically. I think, you know, when you're getting started, it can be tough, right? You may convince someone to help them raise some capital and you may come to the table with honestly very little capital. And you might think that that's going to hurt your reputation because you weren't successful in actually delivering a, a ton of capital. So I think that can be a tough thing, right? No one really enters this world and then within a month or even shorter sort of makes these leaps to where they've got a fully flushed out investor network and they're able to deliver 
you know, high levels of capital every deal. So you really got to be, you know, excited and proud about the baby steps. And even if those baby steps may not, you know, meet someone's expectations, you know that you're at least going in the right direction. So it can be sort of an exercise of humility when you maybe have a deal that you think was good and you just weren't able to raise enough capital for it, which is perfectly fine. Again, it's, it's all about the baby steps and making progress. I like that. You have to be proud of the baby steps. That motivates you to keep going forward, doesn't it? So what about a way that you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Well, I think, you know, the, being on your podcast, I think is, is a big part of it, right? As a capital raiser, having my name out there and the name of my, my business, I think is important. I have always, at least from my experience thus far, kind of operated in the shadows, right? I'm building my network. I'm getting to know people, but I guarantee you there's not a lot of people across the syndication world that know who I am or, or what I bring to the table. And so from a capital raising perspective, a large majority of it is, is marketing, right? You've got to get your name out there. You've got to believe in the deals that you're able to put together and the deals that you're able to deliver for your investors. And the rest of it is just talking about it, making sure that people are aware of, of the power of it and not being shy about that. So this is a, an initial step of me really you know, making sure that my name is out there and, and things like that. So you can't really operate in the shadows for forever. So Great answer. What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I would say the people that I've surrounded myself with, you meet a lot of great people as you enter or get familiar with the syndication world, especially when you're raising capital because you're talking with operators, you're talking with investors, you're kind of seeing the all sides of it. So there's a few key people that I've gotten to know. This goes some of these relationships go back, you know, years and years and years that I have kept in touch with that you know, I always see them as kind of one, two or three steps ahead of me in terms of their real estate investing or syndication, whatever path they're taking. You know, there's several steps ahead of me. And so surrounding myself by people that do the right thing, have integrity, are passionate about this world, and that are a few steps ahead of me that I can look up to, I think is critical. And I know there's a lot of mentorship programs out there. And, and personally, I've never gone through one of those. I kind of like to form my own types of relationships that are, you know, a two-way street, right? I'm, even though those people are several steps ahead of me, there's still things that I can do to help add value to what they're doing. And they're more than happy to return the favor. So staying in touch with those people, identifying them and then building that network of, you know, a few people that you can rely on is critical. And I've seen that be successful for me. Nice. And I wanted to ask you, what's been the, the best way for you to meet the investors, you know, either on your list or ones that have, have invested with you, you know, has, has that been, you know, the relationships you've had, you know, through your day job for a while, or has there been another avenue where you've also met, you know, it's been successful to meet investors? Yeah, honestly, it's been through my, you know, travels as a person over the last 10 years. That's both career, that's both personal, that's family. You know, I didn't know that I was going to be a, a capital raiser in the real estate world 10 years ago, but what I'm, I'm lucky to have done over the last 10 plus years of my career is just keep in touch with people. And that was just because I, I believe in the power of network. And if you're in the consulting world or in the business world, you know the power of your network and relationships from just a pure career perspective. And so I've always done a good job of just maintaining sort of these relationships with folks. It doesn't have to be fly and see them somewhere, you know, once per weekend, a year, that type of thing. It's just keeping in touch with them. And that has naturally transitioned well into capital raising because They've always been hearing from me nonetheless. And so now they hear from me from a, just a slightly different perspective. And again, I have not actively gone out to 
seek out investors, right? I've met some at conferences and we've kept in touch that way and that's been successful. But the majority of mine have been the sort of accumulation of these relationships. Great. Uh, Brian, you know, before we have to go, tell the listeners how you like to give back. I would answer that two ways. One is, and I mentioned this already on this podcast, is that this world is so open and people are so willing to give back and provide information and provide value. I'm one of those, obviously, as well. So if anyone has questions of me about how to get into capital raising and that type of thing, I am more than happy to give up my time, send them some templates, send them some old deals that they can look at and they can digest it and send me questions about that type of thing. So I think there's from that perspective and then from a sort of broader perspective, my wife and I are pretty involved in a church and we give back through that way and we've been lucky enough to be have the means to do that and wanting to, to give back that way. So always a couple of ways. Great. Brian, tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and get in touch with you. Sure. So you can go to my website, investwithopendoor.com. The firm I've created is Open Door Capital, and you can reach me at brian at investwithopendoor.com as well. And of course, I'm on you know, LinkedIn, a lot of different social media spaces as well. I'm easy to, to get a hold of. Great. Brian, thank you so much for the value you've provided today to the listeners and to myself. Appreciate the listeners being with us today and every day. I hope you'll also go to LifeBridge Capital, connect with me and join the Facebook group, The Real Estate Syndication Show, so we can all learn from experts like Brian and grow our businesses together. We'll talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.